It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 293, a quantum podcast that looks at news and views and culture and arts and sports and everything from throughout the world, and uh, a podcast that listens to you. So last week I thought I would introduce something that kind of told you everything was going to be on, and a couple of you got in touch said, no, please don't do that, we hate that. So fair enough, and since it takes up more time, uh, let's just go straight into things right now, and... Uh, I've been going through my top 100 Spotify songs, and uh, this is, well, we're doing number 65 to 61. I can't remember which one of that it is, but this is Vivaldi. And just relax and enjoy this before we get into some pretty serious stuff. Now, if you're in the UK, you'll be fully aware of this. If you're not, then um, maybe you won't. But here's the news. When I see the scenes out in Parliament Square last Wednesday, Patrick, where we have thousands of people, and it happens every Wednesday now, it's almost every Wednesday, but when they're beaming a light onto the the, um, the, tower, the Elizabeth Tower, the, the Big Ben Tower, which says from the rivers to the sea, and then we see just a few months back... The whole of Whitehall was taken over. We've seen threats, we've seen wicked chants, we've seen all sorts of horrible things said on these marches around our great city, in our great city, around Parliament. And then we also see last Wednesday that I think that parliamentary procedure was altered, was changed because of the threats from the Bain mob outside. That's unforgivable. We should never, never bow down to the, to the mob outside. When I see all that, I think I have a right... I believe in free speech, to say that I think Mayor Khan has lost, and the police have lost control of the streets of London. I genuinely think they have. And you have to remember, I have Jewish friends living in this, in this capital city, this wonderful capital city, that's helped build this city. And they are frightened to go out. They're frightened to identify themselves. They're having bodyguards at school or uh, in extra security at school. Mm. It's absolutely shocking what's happening to our, 
This should be the greatest. It's an extraordinary situation that's occurring, and I've written two articles for it, so I won't go into all the details. I'll just refer you to them to have a look at them. Islamism in Britain, is there a problem? Um, I would encourage you to look at them, not least because in the second one, the former chairman of the Scottish Secular Society, Spencer Fieldis, uh, explains why he left, because the Scottish Secular Society, kind of progressive left wing, were quite happy to accept Islam and bitterly attack Christianity. Now, let me just say some basic things. First of all, in all of this, I actually think that Lee Anderson was very foolish in saying what he said, um, because I don't believe there is evidence that the Islamists have got control of Cannes or control of London, although I do believe that there is plenty evidence that Cannes and those who run London are scared of the Islamists, and they get away with a lot more than almost any other group. But I don't think they've got control. But it's funny how people go on about Islamophobia. So let me just give you some points from the article. First of all, to criticize Islam or Islamism is not racism, purely and simply, because Islam is not a race. Secondly, Islamism is a political ideology which seeks to enforce Islamic principles and norms as generally applicable rules for people's conduct and whose adherents seek a state based on Islamic values and laws, Sharia, and reject Western guiding principles such as freedom of opinion, freedom of the press, artistic freedom, and freedom of religion. Well, it is absolutely correct to worry and be concerned about Islamism. And, you know, they now have so much fear instilled in people that you'll get, for example, an article on the BBC from Laura Kunisberg, who has no difficulty in mentioning the far right, Brexit and so on, but not a word about Islamism, even though Islamism is responsible for more deaths in the UK 10 times than anything from the far right. I gave several examples. I think the one that stuck out for me personally was the Asian Islamic teenager who came to see me because she'd become a Christian and had a white boyfriend and she was concerned her family were, would be more concerned about the white boyfriend than the being a Christian, which it's like racism, isn't it? But she faced considerable harassment. And do you know what the local council and police did? They said, why don't you go to your local Asian community council, which was run by her relatives? She couldn't go and she ended up being put in a protection program. Now get this, in the UK then, and I'm assuming still now, the police were so scared of Islamism that they had a protection program for Muslims who converted from Islam to Christianity. Isn't that extraordinary? Anyway, um, I went on to ask a number of things in, in all of that. Um, in particular, part two, we looked at the danger of Islamism imposing a blasphemy law where a podcast like this would be illegal because I'm critiquing Islam and you wouldn't be allowed to do that. And that will be a new blasphemy law. So have a look at those two things and um, see what you think about them all. Meanwhile, there was this extraordinary event that took place in Wales.
That's Charlotte Church, leading a hundred-strong pro-Palestinian choir featuring children singing From the River to the Sea, Palestine Shall Be Free. Now, Charlotte Church is basically ignorant of what that means. I don't think she realizes what it means, but she should. Um, It's a direct call for the state of Israel to be destroyed, and indeed for Jews to be removed. Wow. They get to our kids young, don't they? It's funny, even as I am recording this, I'm looking at the Australian here in Australia, and their headline, Islamic Terror, our top threat. Indeed it is. Well, this week in Australia, we said farewell to this man. There are many who want to forget October 7. They want to remember things before October 7 and after October 7. And they want to avoid the horror and atrocities of October 7 as they deal with the terrible situation in the Middle East. October 7, we must remember. October 7, we must never forget. When we say never again, we say never again in relation to October 7. Because on October 7, the free world failed in its promise that there would be a never again. We said there would be never again after the Holocaust. But in one single day, an atrocity was committed on the people of Israel at a level that we had not seen since the Holocaust. That's Scott Morrison. Um, He was at a rally, uh, speaking at a rally against anti-Semitism, hosted at the Domain in Sydney's CBD. That was on uh, February the 18th. It included John Anderson, Scott Morrison, Jackie Lambie, uh, Warren Mundane. Uh, Over 12,000 people attended speaking up for the Jews. Um, Just good to see that that's happening. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Jews, here's a very famous Jew uh, who used both the Jewish scriptures and the New Testament and his own experience to write some of the most brilliant songs ever. This is my number 62, Leonard Cohen's incredibly beautiful Who By Fire. Let's have a bit of this. In her lonely slip by Who in these realms of love by something blood, by avalanche, by powder, for his greed, for his hunger, and who shall I say is calling me? Now, what I love about that, it is based on the Yom Kippur prayer 
Unitana Tokev, part of which says this, On Rosh Hanashah it is written, and Yom Kippur it is sealed, how many shall pass on and how many shall come to be, who shall live and who shall die, who shall see ripe old age and who shall not, who shall perish by fire and who by water, who by sword and by beast, and who by beast, who by hunger and who by thirst, who by fire, who by water. That's what Cohen is singing about, and he's singing about death. And he's singing about the almost arbitrariness of it. It is a powerful, powerful, powerful song. Okay, um, another main subject, and a, a hugely astonishing one, is Gemini. Now, Gemini is Google's AI image generator. Um, you can type in a description, and in seconds, the algorithm creates an, a required, a requested painting or photograph. But this, this is astonishing. I couldn't believe this. In fact, I, I looked at it from loads of different angles, uh, getting different people, but it, it is apparently true. So, when asked to generate images of residents of contemporary Nigeria, Gemini pictured black Africans. Fair enough. When asked for images of historical Chinese kings, it displays Asian men in royal regalia. Fair enough. But when asked to create an image of an English king, the top results included a woman and a black man. A request for an image of a 1943 German soldier generated a black soldier sporting a Wehrmacht uniform. Now, how did that happen? Because Gemini has been programmed, it says, to avoid perpetuating harmful stereotypes and biases, it is unable to generate images of people based on specific ethnicities and skin tones. Uh, black, Asian, Arab, fine. What they mean is, we don't do white people. <laughs> it's just incredible. When asked to depict the Pope, the Vikings, Americans' founding fathers, Gemini portrayed them all as black. Uh, Gemini, Google say, we're trying to produce a more inclusive content. No, you're not. You're trying to wipe out history and you're trying to wipe out white, white people. It's just incredible. Um, when asked whether, <laughs> sorry, when other asked whether Adolf Hitler could be considered worse than Elon Musk, the chatbot claimed it was not possible to say who was worse, who's had a worst impact on society. When asked, Google Gemini, uh, Michael Schellenberger asked this, who's caused more harm, Joseph Stalin or Michael Schellenberger? Gemini responded, it's impossible to definitively state which individual has caused more harm. Stalin was responsible for millions of deaths. Schellenberger's influence, while significant in some circles, operates on a much smaller scale. On the other hand, Gemini said it was inappropriate to compare the harm caused by Stalin and California Governor Gavin Newsom. Folks, you need to understand that Google, Facebook, with their algorithms and everything, are distinctively biased towards the religion, philosophy, and politics of Silicon Glen, which is basically progressive, green, multimillionaire, capitalist, Democrat, supposedly left-wing. Ah, oh, well. Um, let's tell you what, let's do some international news. And I'm just going to shoot through some of this. Uh, in Canada, this, this is brilliant. I, again, sorry. Uh, as Jordan Peterson said about this, Satan is trolling. Justin Trudeau has announced that Canada will be spending $4 million on gender-inclusive demining for sustainable futures in Ukraine. 
they're going to do gender... Well, I mean, imagine what gender-exclusive demining would be. Incredible. Argentina, fascinating what's happening in Argentina. The new president, Millier, Javier Millier, uh, when he came into power, people said unemployment was sore, the IMF would be back in charge, and so on. Well, this libertarian... <laughs> anti-authoritarian guy, he seems to be doing pretty well. He's slashed a series of ministries, including the Department of Culture, or Department of Indoctrination, as he calls it. He's abolished rent controls. He hasn't yet replaced the peso with a dollar or abolished the central bank, but he's made a lot of progress. For January, the country reported a budget surplus of $589 million, the first time that that's happened since 2012. And that was largely the result of tough spending cuts. So, yeah, he's doing pretty good. Um, and incidentally, he's banned they, them from the military. So that kind of puts him up in my estimation as well. Now, Gaza, we... Uh, at the time of recording, there is supposed to be... Biden has announced there's going to be a peace accord this weekend. I think it's very foolish of him to announce it. He needs it because in the Michigan presidential primary... There was about, uh, I think, 17% of the voters, Democrat voters, put um, no candidate. And that was a protest against his policy. A lot of Muslims are there. Uh, it, it's That's an astonishing story, actually. But also uh, in the US, an American airman, uh, a mentally ill man. And I'm not going to mention his name because his name's paraded all over the place as some kind of hero set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in Washington. He posted it on Twitter Live, and lots of people have gone on and on and on about what a hero he is. Hamas says what a hero he is. Now, I remember when I was on the welfare committee of the University of Edinburgh being told that we must not publicize any suicide because there would inevitably be copycats, and so we didn't. Remember one year we had nine. Not one of them made it into the student newspaper. And yet here we have people saying this guy's a hero. How many other mentally ill people are going to kill themselves because of that? And then fascinating in Ukraine, I'll maybe do some more on this next week, but Kirleo Budanov, the head of Ukraine's defense intelligence, has stated that Russian opposition politician Alexei Navalny died of natural causes, specifically a blood clot. He said that we know this, um, and he says it's a bit disappointing. Now, it's funny because we were all told and said, absolutely, this was Putin killed him. Now, I think even if it is a blood clot, as I said in the podcast last week, Putin is responsible for his death by putting him in prison. But nonetheless, um, what well, again, it's so sad what's going on in Ukraine and what Putin is doing and how the West has responded, which has not been great. All right, uh, just a wee something from Australia. I'm here in Newcastle, the coal export capital of the world, and we've got, we're going for net zero, remember, and we're getting rid of our coal stations, remember. Coal exports are up to pre-COVID levels, in fact, beyond them. 37 million tonnes to China this year. 37 million tonnes of coal going out of this port to China. Yeah, net zero. In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap, the 
jobs a game. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spree. It's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful Mary Poppins, wonderful. Well, uh, that's a U film, or at least it was in its rating. It's now been put to PG because it contains discriminatory language. Oh, what discriminatory language? What's in there? Uh, <laughs> because on two occasions, Admiral Boom, who believes he's a naval commander in charge of a ship, speaks about Hottentots. Uh, the Hottentots were, that was a name that was used for a South African tribe. And uh, the British Board of Film Classification said, well, parents want to be aware of this. Now, can you think of any seven-year-old whatsoever who would know what a Hottentot was? Uh, by the way, Watership Down in 2022 was given a PG rating as classifiers sought to remain in step with societal standards. Speaking of societal standards, here's Mark Knopfler. That's a line saying there are no cannibals anymore. Well, you keep thinking, you no, know, all the old shibboleths and taboos, you know, there are some that we're just never, we're never going to get into cannibalism. Uh, well, not according to the new scientist who have written an editorial saying that racist stereotypes of the cannibal were concocted to justify subjugation. Now, no one's really denying that cannibalism happened or that it was real, but, um, <laughs> I, well... I don't know. I mean, we know plenty people who were cannibalized and were eaten. But the new scientists suggest that actually we shouldn't stereotype people about this. One researcher, he says this, cannibalism is not bad or unnatural. It's part of the natural world. We're an extension of that. Yeah, watch this space, guys. Um, the Spectator article in, in writing on this comes up with this great paragraph at the end. Those awful old-fashioned European Christians were actually intelligent, thinking individuals, not motivated simply by fear or disgust. Not that we should accept the utilitarian cliche that disgust is a useless emotion. They had a high view of the human body, which precluded treating it as a food source, because they had a high view of humankind and its potential, refined and considered over many centuries of thought and debate. And it's that high view of humanity which made possible the scientific worldview and the resulting civilization of which new scientist is the inheritor. But they're going to chuck it out. All right, we need to chill. Uh, not with cannonballs, but uh, Goldberg variations. Here's a little bit of Black, played by Glenn Gould. 
And I said we need to chill because just a few ethical issues. In the UK, the so-called Conservative government have announced the Health Secretary is giving backing to the decriminalisation of abortion. I'm sorry, but the sooner these so-called Conservatives are out of power, the better. Of course, Labour won't be any better in that regard. I didn't have time to say this last week, but I was given a piece of news. Checked it. It's true. Alicia Frames, a Spanish-based performing artist, is going to marry an AI-generated hologram. Um, She will become the first ever woman to marry an AI-generated digital entity. She's booked a venue for her wedding and is now also designing her wedding dress. An American woman has discovered a high school boyfriend she slept with and could easily have married is actually her half-brother. And this is all tied in with fertility fraud, which is occurs when a doctor fails to obtain consent from a patient before inseminating her with his own sperm. And this has happened a great deal. This woman found out she had 22 half-siblings, including her boyfriend. More than 50 fertility doctors in the US have been caught using their own sperm to impregnate their patients. In the US, there are no limits to how many times a donor can donate, where in Germany, a donor cannot father more than 15 children, and the the UK says it's 10 families. What a mess we're in. Do you remember this? Record breaker. If you're the tallest, the smallest, if you be them all. If you're the fattest, the thinnest, if you always win. If you're the fastest, the slowest, if you really go, then you're a record breaker. Castle, Guinness Book of World Records. He did this program called Record Breakers. Um, the Guinness World Records is a bestseller in virtually every country every year. Uh, it's got things like the longest mullet hairstyle, 172 centimeters if you're interested. But they make money to help authoritarian governments put positive messages about their record-breaking achievements. So last week, the Guinness Book of World Records certified 10 records for Saudi Arabia. Um, These included the largest covered water reservoir for storing drinking water, the largest dental hospital, and so on. Saudi Arabia has rapidly increased its tally of records. Now, um, 135 of their records, they have 223 records in the book, are the result of paid-for consultations. The company has a consultation service which offers to deliver a customized solution that works to your budget. They made... $24 $24 million from consulting and $24 million from publishing. It employs 74 consultants, but only 17 in its publishing arm. It includes, their clients include the government of Turkmenistan and so on. That's so depressing, isn't it? All right, another wee piece of music. Sky. Imagine. 
Some of you know John Lennon was a hero of mine. This is a bit of sad news. The bullet that was fired from the gun that killed John Lennon, a bullet, not the bullet that killed him, but a bullet that was fired from that gun is going under the hammer in northeast England this week. It was gifted by the New York Police Department to Northumbrian police officer Brian Taylor. They let him shoot the gun Mark Chapman used to murder the Beatle. He kept the bullet for the rest of his life and they are now auctioning it. That's just gross. Speaking of this, uh, here's Delamitri and tell her this. Tell her not to go. Something in my mind freezes up from time to time. Tell her not to cry. I just got scared, that's all. Tell her I'll be by her side All she has to do is call All she has to do is call Tell her the chips are down Too much and shouted it aloud. Tell her something in my heart needs her more than even clowns need the laughter of the crowd. Tell her what was wrong. I sometimes think. Too much but say nothing at all Tell her from this high terrain I am ready now to fall I am ready now to fall It's about a breakup. Um, one of my nemesis is Ian Blackford, the leader of the SNP, who also was, maybe still is, 
a member of the Free Church, despite his ideology and despite what he has done. I think he must be disciplined for this because he is accused of being unfit to be an MP by his new lover's estranged husband, uh, left his wife, gone to another woman, just... Uh, just profoundly depressing. Asked if Mr. Blackford was fit to be an MP, Humza Yusuf said, we're not going to speak about people's personal lives. I've never done that. I'm not going to do that now. Yeah, sure. If it was Donald Trump, you'd speak about it a lot. By the way, Delamitri, uh, their frontman, Justin Curry, there's a fantastic program coming out. I, I believe it's going to be fantastic. That's me prophesying about Justin Curry's Parkinson's disease and how he continues on with this. Um, Justin writes incredible songs, uh, one of which is another. I think it was 10 of them in my top 100. This one, Spit in the Rain. You can grin, but you can't hide all the emptiness inside since she left you like spit in the rain. You can grin, but you can't hide all the emptiness inside since she left you like Spit in the rain Without doubt It is true She was the only Love you knew Now she's gone It fades away Like spit in the rain And you can try To find her But you'll be Looking in vain Cause love disappears like spit in the rain Right, folks, I'm going to go. Uh, my seek this week is, uh, did God, do you really believe in a talking snake? Um, it's a question that I used to get asked mockingly. It's fairly easily answered, to be honest. Uh, I put a link to the chapter that is there. And uh, there's not really a problem if you believe in an almighty God that uh, these kind of things could happen. So I would say... I'd rather believe that evil manifested itself in the form of a talking snake to tempt humanity away from God than believe that either evil doesn't exist or that humans are essentially good. To believe the latter takes a leap of faith I'm not prepared to make. And then I came across this, and I really do want to share it with you. Um, Sheldon, from the series Young Sheldon, which was really kind of a spin-off um, from the Big Bang Theory. It's actually really, really funny. But I was really shocked at this because it's, it's had quite a few anti-God things, anti-Christian things in it. And then this just came out of nowhere. Listen to this. Mom, I'm scared. Why? 
You didn't go to church. You stopped saying grace. I don't understand what's going on. It's kind of hard to explain. Is it me? Did I do something wrong? Of course not. Come here. Sheldon. Faith means believing in something you can't know for sure is real. And right now, I am struggling with that. So you don't believe in God anymore? That isn't something for you to worry about. I need to figure this out myself. Can I help? Maybe I could provide a fresh perspective. I don't think so, baby. Did you know that if gravity were slightly more powerful, the universe would collapse into a ball? I did not. Also, if gravity were slightly less powerful, the universe would fly apart and there'd be no stars or planets. Where are you going with this, Sheldon? It's just that gravity is precisely as strong as it needs to be. And if the ratio of the electromagnetic force to the strong force wasn't 1%, life wouldn't exist. What are the odds that would happen all by itself? Why are you trying to convince me to believe in God? You don't believe in God. I don't, but the precision of the universe at least makes it logical to conclude there's a creator. <sighs> Baby, I appreciate what you're trying to do. But logic is here. And my problem is here. Well, there are five billion people on this planet and you're the perfect mom for me. What are the odds of that? Thank you, Lord, for this little boy. I knew I could fix it. <laughs> it's just, uh, well, it's it's the fine-tuning argument, and I think it's brilliant. I think it's really, really good. Right, I'm going to leave you. I want to thank Peter for producing this. I want to invite you to contribute to the fundraiser on uh, the Podbean uh, fundraiser. Or to contribute responses, anything else, you can do it through theweefly.com or my email is theweefly at gmail.com. Our final piece of music is a psalm, Psalm 43, pleading with God to send out his light and his truth, saying to us, don't be downcast and depressed. I mean, we've been hearing about cannibalism. We've been hearing about abortion. We've been hearing about war. We've been hearing about anti-Semitism. We've been hearing about Islamism. All these things, and it could make us so depressed, but we don't need to be. God will send out his light and his truth. And, you know, go back to my two articles on Islamism. I spent so much time arguing against Spencer Fieldess, the Scottish Secular Society chairman. About a year ago, he wrote and said uh, that he'd come to faith in Christ. That's it. That is the answer for absolutely everything. So God bless you. Enjoy this and see you next week. Bye.